What's going on, guys? Zach, the Wrestling Issues Podcast here, and welcome to episode 157 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Friday evening, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. As always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Welcome to the Love Hate Super Show. Want to take a couple of days off. Of course, you know, usually Tuesdays and Wednesdays are days I can just take care of things I need to take care of outside of doing this podcast. And technically today is Thursday. So you're going to hear this. When you hear this, today is Friday. But I'm doing it yesterday. Technically, but I wanted to make I wanted to try something different, something new. Every once in a while, my mind just has these spontaneous thoughts, like, "Yeah, let's just do a big ass super show, combine AEW and NXT." Yeah, why not? <laughs> my mind just simply thinks like that, and it's just weird. It's weird, but I wanted to do to just like do one big show and see how you guys would react to it. Just, I'm, I'm just doing a little experiment. If it doesn't work out the way I think it's going to, then hey, we'll just keep it strictly love hate AEW Dynamite and love hate NXT, which I have no problem doing and entertaining the masses of the YLB universe and the War Nation. Gotta put that in there. Shout out as always to the Wrestle Attic fam. Hope you're enjoying yourselves on this Friday. But yeah, we need to talk about some AEW. AEW this past Wednesday woke us the fuck up. I'm gonna say that again. AEW this week woke us the fuck up. Of course, there are some things, you know, that still need a little bit of tweaking. And of course, the one thing I'm going to be always talking about until shit gets right. Y'all know, but we'll get into that later on in the show. We gotta, we gotta, gotta get there, you know. Gotta build it up. But of course, before we get into anything I loved and hated about AEW Dynamite, let me out the gate. Um... I know the rest of the Wrestle Attic Podcast will be doing so as well, but on behalf of the Wrestle Attic Podcast family and the YLP universe, our condolences go out to The Rock and his family, of course, with the passing of Rocky Johnson um, yesterday, pretty much last night. Um, I was in the gym when I saw the notification on my phone, and I sat down on the bench for a minute. Luckily, no one was in at that time. And I'm just reading the article that Bleacher Report had just put out. And I was like, damn. Damn. You know, for those of you who don't know, Rocky Johnson pretty much is well known as The Rock's dad. But he used to wrestle a little bit back in the day. And his big, one of his biggest accolades, if not his biggest accolade, was being the first, well, one half of the first black tag team champions in WWE history teaming up with Tony Atlas as the Soul Patrol 
wrestled in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Of course, before that popped out Rocky, and he became all the big, um, you know, the biggest one of the biggest sports entertainers in the history of professional wrestling. Period. But yeah, Mark, you know, my condolences, my Marley's condolences, and on behalf of the WrestleMania fam and the YLP universe, my condolences again go out to the family of Rocky Johnson. You know. In the, wrestling, in the pro wrestling community, it's a big, big deal, you know, with names that are just big, like, you know, especially ones in the old school, you know. But rest in peace, Rocky Johnson. Rest in peace, Soul Man. All right. Now that we got that going, AEW Dynamite. Bash at the Beach was pretty damn good. I was one for Bash at the Beach. I was always, you know, a fan of Bash at the Beach and one of the greatest moments and the biggest heel turn in the history of professional wrestling has happened at Bash at the Beach. Did it in Miami? Not even mad. Can't even be mad about what AEW gave us on Wednesday night. I want to start off with the biggest thing. Biggest thing, I guess, that came out of AEW was MJF's t-shirt. Yeah! Yeah, I'm starting off with that. Don't care. Don't even care. I said on Twitter last night while I was watching AEW, not almost damn near falling asleep, but I need to eat something. Um, I pretty much stated, like, Paraphrasing here, it's 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 the little details with me that make certain characters or certain parts of the show look better than you know it normally would if said part weren't there. Everyone knows MJF's character is a piece of shit. But I like Kevin Owens. I'm down with pieces of shit. And MJF and according to my boy Malik, I'll say one of the best heels out there, if not the best heel going today. I banged Dallas's daughter. It's the little things, y'all. It's the little things that can make a character just unfuckwithable or... I fucks with this character on a regular basis and whatever he does I can rock with you know that's what MJF can do and I appreciate that you know certain things it's, it's, just, it's just like man listen every character you know big name has their kind of like their quirk their deal you know that makes their character kick ass. That we dig, that we love, and you know we ride with. MJF's MJF's big, like, biggest thing that he has is he is a complete asshole, and he lives that shit day in, day out, gear month in, 
month out. We'll skip the week part. Fuck it. MJF is damn good. And I think they have like legitimately placed him as their number two heel in AEW. Right behind Chris Jericho. And they and that's a damn good position to be in. Because if you go back to the MJF Jericho promo, I'm not and I believe I said this. And you can go check check my old shit. I said this shit. MJF is a solid number two behind Jericho. And I'm I'm gonna go as far to say that MJF MJF and, and Jericho had their promo. MJF was holding his own and going toe to going tit for tat with Jericho. Matter of fact, that was actually one of the best things on the show on that particular show. I was ranting and raving about that, and I still do. They have like through and we're not even into like the really deep portions of the storyline yet. We're still in January. We have two weeks left before, you know, actually three weeks before the first episode of February starts. And they're already pretty much making MJF versus Cody a big deal. A, a really, really big deal. And going into it, Cody accepting the offer. And we do know that he will face Wardlow in a cage match February 19th. I would, I would have hoped it would have a little bit sooner, but they could start building towards that too. So that's not even bad at all. That's actually a smart move. Build anticipation towards the, you know, still cage match. Cody can't touch MJF between Wednesday and February 29th. So we got two of those down, and then the 10 lashings on uh, live TV. That's going to be interesting. Really, really interesting. But MJF versus Cody, this this is going to be fucking fantastic. They've, they've already been knocking it out of the park, man. They've been really doing the damn thing when it comes to, you know, building their story. And now, since we're at the, you know, top part of the program, the Moxley... Jericho feud is now heating up. I've been, I am enjoying this. You know, Jericho got attacked last week. Moxley beats Guevara. And then the inner circle attack him in response, giving him the receipt. I mean, come on. Tiff tat. But I know Moxley Jericho is going to be fantastic. As long as you can get past Pac. And the whole stabbing in the eye deal with the pen. So there's that. And. They are doing this very, very, very nice and slow. So. Mox is the number one contender in rankings form. But. AEW decided to do a four-man tournament. And now he goes on to the cruise. The cruise of Jericho. And I believe, yeah, next week. And now he's going to have the number contenders match with Pac. And that's going to be a fun match. 
and it's just everything they have going on from top to bottom in terms of storylines makes it easy to flow because now because think we started with mjf's t-shirt getting into the mjf and cody deal gets right into the top another top feud between moxley and jericho leading into of course the you know four-man tournament that came out of nowhere but moxley won the first semifinal Pac won the second um, semifinal, and now we get the number one contenders match to determine who will be the champ, the number one contender for AEW's title, for AEW championship that is held by Jericho. Moxley's gonna win that. That's that's just a mere formality. I think Moxley Jericho is just a thing, because um, Pac still got things to do with Kenny. So we'll deal with that when we get there. I think Moxley will win though, and then Jericho Moxley can just be a very separate. Thing going on and then now let's focus on that the top two programs in this company right now are very solid under that you have Pac and Kenny Omega and that I know will be a fire matchup the third you know the third match in the series at Revolution I want that they, I mean there's so many good things and it just and I just love the fact that it flows together throughout the night I'm surprised though that they only had five matches, but with what they had, I'm not even mad at it. What's going on with the flow? Okay, yeah. I mean the tag team matchup. Jesus. Oh man, that was a really, really good, damn good fatal four-way tag. I love every, I mean, I'm all, I mean, y'all know, I'm one for tag team wrestling. No matter how many teams you put in, just don't make it crazy. They made this shit work. Miami had a fucking ball with this matchup. They had a fucking ball with this matchup. Corkscrew stunners, hangman moonsaults, a spear by Matt Jackson, you know, the sliced bread from, uh, See, oh, he got caught in the slice bread. Haha. You know, everything about this match was just insanity. And with four teams like that and a makeshift team in Page and Omega, who are now the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, which I think is going to be a very interesting tag match going in the next week. And I'll discuss that in a second. But man, they, these, these eight guys had a lot of fun with this matchup. Very well done. You know, the buck trigger at the end was just, it was nasty. That buck trigger was nasty. It was just well-timed. You could tell they've been worried, like, you know, working on this for a minute. And just, oh, God, that was clean as fuck. That, oh, man, that buck trigger, jeez. I need more of that. I need a whole bunch of that. Come next week. But I said on Twitter that I would like to see Hangman Page turn heel next week. I think it would be fun. Matter of fact, I would like to see this. I would like to see Hangman Page and Omega in a triple threat at Revolution. 
that would be oh man that'd be fun that'd be oh please that'd be a fun deal right there but hangman's heel turn is a you know is a you know a mere formality at this point all the drinking all that crazy you know just acting damn fool on camera turning around had to drink in his hand oh oh hey (laughs) hi and then then what the graphic said it was the top is drink is still drinking oh man yeah eventually when hangman page turns i'm gonna love this shit as a baby face he kills it i think as a heel with the way they're going with this and it's, and it's still wide open as to where they're gonna, like, you know, where they're gonna lead Hangman Page towards. It creates a lot of intrigue because Page is the wild card in next week's tag team title match. Don't get it twisted, and it is and that is the biggest elephant in the room. That is the elephant in the room. Hangman Page is the X factor in this title match. There's so many ways they can think about going with this. They really could. You know, they can have Paige just bounce, throw deuces up and just bounce during the matchup. They could, you know, have Omega hit him with, you know, Omega hit, get hit with the buckshot lariat. You can go a number of ways with this. But the eventual heel turn needs to happen next week. I think coming off a hot episode of AEW Dynamite, going into that title match, I'm, I'm re- I, at this point, I'm really expecting a heel turn. If they don't, I think it's a missed opportunity. I mean, again, it's a, it's an eventual thing. It's a mere formality. You got you got plenty. You got like what? what five six weeks until revolution yeah you could start building on that and if you give Paige a match at revolution singles against somebody besides you know Pac and Omega I'm all for that too I mean they'd start they've been starting this build literally since the beginning of the year literally I'm appreciating the fact that, you know, especially with last week's pretty much thumbs down show, they came back and smacked us in the face with this. I like the fact that everything they've had, you know, you know, has little, you know, intertwining branches going off into another section of the story that is being told and created why I'm doing my hands like this I don't know but when you piece it all together it's just pretty much like a nice little you know AEW tree because then going into the six man tag real quick of course you had MJF, The Butcher and the Blade, Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, and Diamond Dallas Page. 
you know, you had it, you know, MJF's henchmen, you know, going after Diamond Dallas Page last week because of, you know, you know, just him talking shit. Diamond Dallas then grabbed up in the match, and for six, well, I think it's like sixty-three. Not a bad performance. At times, I was just like, oh. At times, I was just like, Easy. you know, Diamond still got his, you know, page still hits the cutter like nobody's business. For sixty-three, that ain't bad. It, it, I mean, he still gets that cutter pretty nice. Not as clean. Still gets it off pretty nicely. <laughs> Somebody fell into the freaking garbage can. Nice. Oh, we fell off the ladder. Don't mind me. I'm just, you know, just checking out this weird. Just sidebar. You ever seen those commercials that just look like complete infomercials going on throughout your day? You watch television. Like, I'm watching the Will Kane show right now. And this random infomercial just shows up on the television. I don't really like it. I'm just weirded out by it. And then here's the weird part, especially when you go to the store and you see said freaking product in the said store while you're trying to buy, you know, London broke shit. Go to any Lowe's or Home Depot, they got the same shit. Anyway, getting back into the swing of things. Just want to go on that little tangent there. Again, I'm appreciative of the fact that, you know, Paige can still hit like nobody's business. That Dusty Rhodes had a good, you know, had a good deal. QT Marshall, not bad. Now, the Butcher and the Blade. Now, I, I did read some, uh, some news that um, Andy Williams, who is the Butcher, um, is going to be gone for two weeks. Because he's going to be on tour with his band Every Time I Die. I think they're going to be like over in Europe. But yes, he still he kicks your ass in the ring and he gets to play fucking in a band. Fuck yeah. Respect that. Like I said, I like the fact though that the Butcher and the Blade are being put in and being involved, you know, with MJF. You know? And it's kind of like it's the mini feuds too. It's just, you know, MJF and Diamond, you know, involved as henchmen. The Butcher and the Blade get shine on television, which is always a plus in my end. Um, appreciate that. You know. The Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny, you know, get some, get some shine, you know, through, you know, the MJF Cody deal. I mean, one branch of the roads is not doing quite well. We'll get that. We'll discuss that in the next segment, of course. But makes me want to take ice picks. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. And you know, and let's check out the the, the smaller things, you know. I mean, the Dark Order. I'm not gonna front with y'all. I'm still digging what they're bringing to the table. I really am. And I like the fact that they just did this really interesting presentation type deal, you know, going after their key recruits, Michael Nakazawa, you know, Brandon Cutler, and Kenny Omega. You know, this is going to be interesting, but the, th- you know, the biggest thing is now where they're at. Oh, and Hangman, yeah, they're going after Hangman Page, too. You know, and then the fact that they're trying, you know, 
they they're talking to this guy, whoever this leader of the Dark Order is. You know, they're but the biggest one they're going after is Hangman. Surprisingly. You know, I really I like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed all I I like what the Dark Order brings to the table now. I really do. I'm not going to front with y'all. I really do like what they're bringing to the table now. Because it's really inter- it's not going to be really interesting to see what, you know, what they're going to do with this going forward. Yeah, I'm really curious to see now what they're going to do with the Dark Order. Because I still think, in a sense, I still think Dark Order is going to be next in line to take the titles. I really hope they do. I really would like to see that. Dark Order is tag champs. I think it would, all of this actually would make sense. Or maybe they don't even need the belts. Maybe they don't. Who knows? And there's a car alarm. Okay. Seriously, though, there's really <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Anyway, I hope what they're doing with the Dark Order and, and the biggest thing about all of this is that who is the leader? Now, a lot of people are hoping for Brody Lee. Those of you who don't know Brody Lee, uh, Luke Harper. They hope Brody Lee is the leader. Now, I believe his con- I, I think his contract is up, and if it is, we're good to go. If not, and I think they gotta wait a couple months. Okay. You know, let me see who uh, who else was Brody Lee talking to talking about. He said broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> I think he said he saw a report or something. I mean, there's so I mean, I'm not really it's one of those things I haven't really been thinking about. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'll be curious to see what they who they have as the leader of the Dark Order. What? What, Marley? No, you already ate. Relax. I know. And here you come. Here you come. Up. All right, you're just gonna lay on the floor. Cool. <laughs> Let me see one last thing. Before we uh, finish up this segment here, I just want to get to where I want to talk about um, love, hate, on the hate part. Oh, right, we're good on that. One last thing before we finish round out this segment. If AEW can continue to, you know, put out episodes like these. 
week in, week out, especially now that they're going gunning towards a pay-per-view. I do like where they're headed. I do. I really, really do. I want them to keep this momentum. And also knowing that TakeOver Portland, I think it's happening two weeks before that. Hold up. Grab the old laptop here. Wind. Almost dropped that song, bitch. There we go. That's good. Exactly what I need. All right, let's get on here. All right, yeah, so Sunday, February 16th, two weeks before AEW Evolution. Did I say Evolution? Revolution, I'm sorry. But yeah, it's a big deal. So I would like for them to be consistent from now, from next one, this coming Wednesday, until AEW Revolution. Granted, there are going to be a couple, maybe an episode or two that doesn't hit the mark. But as long as throughout this now build, they now have to take this seriously, very seriously. This will be their second pay per view since Dynamite started. I know that they'll want to put their best foot forward for a revolution. But as long as they build, and now it's what I'm considering it's this, this uh, build's infancy, once they get that going and they can keep the momentum up going into uh, Wednesday, man, that'll be two episodes back to back that they killed it, possibly a third, and that's where you continue that momentum. How can we make this better? Do we already and we already have plans to make this better? Jericho stated he already knows his plans through until the end of February. So he knows exactly what's gonna happen. And he's he's been pretty positive about it. So he's, he's he said nothing. But he's pretty positive about the direction about of what AEW is going, especially throughout the end of February. This is gonna be an interesting time. If AEW can pull this off. Revolution is going to be a must-see pay-per-view come the end of February. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I loved about AEW Dynamite Went from Wednesday night. I'm going to take a quick break for, yeah, for the rest of you, for y'all who are listening from the YLP side of things. You're going to hear from our sponsor. If not, from the rest of oh, the War Nation, we'll be right back. It's going to be quick. It'll be quick for y'all. Stay tuned, though. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Episode 157. Now, of course, still on the AEW side of things. And now we're going to talk about what I hated about AEW Dynamite this week. For To the Russell Addict Radio Nation. If you haven't noticed yet, <laughs> my... Concern for the AEW women's division has literally been going on for the past, like, six weeks. The past month and a half, I've been very concerned about AEW. Probably ever since Full Gear. And they do it again this week. But it's separate. The Nightmare Collective. That ain't it, Chief. Not a fan of the Nightmare Collective. Not at all. I am not thoroughly impressed with what they brought to the table in terms of Brandy Rhodes, Mel, Awesome Kong, and Luther. I don't find it appealing. I don't find it at all entertaining. The crowd in Miami last night gave no fucks whatsoever about... They gave no fucks about this. I just, for, for the life of me, I have not been impressed with anything that they brought to the table in terms of the Nightmare Collective. It is a shit show. I just don't care for it. I honestly don't know what they're trying to do with Brandy Rose and these three people. Awesome Kong I have heard of, but of course, like I've talked about in weeks past, you can check out for, um, one of my episodes for the new, on the news of the weekend that for some reason this just doesn't hit it's just not hitting the mark with what they're trying to do for their women's division they're trying to make this literally one of the most important things in the women's division going right now and their feud with Chris Statlander I have not been a fan of this. I am not a fan of this. I am not impressed by this. This does not impress me. My dog is apparently seeing my mother. And now she's just all whining. All so whining. Anywho, and that was, of course, now your second obligatory Molly moment of the show. Again, this, this Nightmare Collective deal just makes my, this was my mind hurt. I'm confused. I don't know if I want chicken nuggets at this point or actual steak. I just don't understand what they're trying to do 
with this Nightmare Collective. I just don't know. It's not even that. I just don't. I, okay, they could change this up or do this. No, I simply just don't like the Nightmare Collective. Why is Mel there? Why is Luther there? Awesome Kong, of course, it cannot really do matches, so that kind of sucks. But this entire stable is just... It is painful to watch. It is absolutely painful to watch. That women's tag match on Wednesday night was just painful to watch. It was just, it's just an asinine display of whatever that, that, whatever the fuck that was. I don't need to see any more of that. I really don't. I really don't need to see that. I need to see competitive, a competitive division in which you you have talent in your women and allow them to be great. When was the last time we saw Big Swole? When was the last time I saw Sadie Gibbs, Penelope Ford, Allie compete? They have a decent division if they know how to book them properly. I just don't understand why in the fuck we're not building towards a new number one contender for the AEW Women's World Championship. I don't understand why we're not continuing, you know, Britt Baker's pretty much heel turn at this point and her starting to go after Rhea. trying to really bring like think up the words to say in order to continue with this i could literally just end the segment right now call it a day and just you know talk about nxt but i want to make this aware to the people the new people that haven't heard yet i despise the way they're going about the AEW women's division i honestly do and of course like i said the nightmare collective is trash and the, the way they're not utilizing the rest of the division. You know, I know, I know, I know, I know. They have AEW Dark. And you can see it there. Shannon and Isla Rose, you know, went one-on-one. And I saw the table spot. That's all well and good. Why am I not seeing that, you know, on AEW Dynamite? It's shit like that. You know, like I said, AEW Dark does help very well in having little mini feuds going on with that. And congratulations to them for finding a fucking new, you know, four-year deal to go through, you know, at least 2023 going into 2024. Congratulations. 
Now that you got that, got that squared away, well done. I now need to see what the hell you're going to do for them in 2020. I do. Again, you could see, you could literally have a couple things going on right now. Rio Britt Baker, you could have had the Shannon Nyla Rose match. You know, no disqualification. Could have had that on AEW Dynamite. You could have helped, you know, start building up Big Swole, putting in a Sadie Gibbs, you know, start seeing the ladies. Instead, they literally only get like one match a week. And the rest we have to see on AEW Dark. I would like to see more of the division. Thank you, please. If you don't mind. Just, uh, it's painful. It's painful to see something you know you have belief in. And not go the way you think it needs to. It, it, it's it's un- honestly frustrating. I understand, you know, me saying nothing. I don't know. So let me let me just look at the uh, Mitchell's thoughts on the show because maybe I'll see something that you know that he has something going on. Oh, perfect. Yes. They really need to stop doing some these fucking picture in picture commercials. Because I heard about this on uh, F4W Online's uh, YouTube page a few days ago, and I'm in agreement with this. Because the picture in picture commercials, they have, like, think about it. Oh, the one thing I'm looking at, the note, I'm looking at what he said here. Um, what was it? Do, 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 do. I don't recall, quote, I don't recall them saying there was a mini tournament to determine Jericho's challenge or revolution, but it really helped tie the episode together They that they made the move. Moxley versus Sammy was a good match, but it seems TNT is still learning and failing to give Sammy time for his cue card promos. When we get picture in picture, we miss out on a ton of stuff because maybe we're going to the bathroom, we're going to the kitchen to grab a cold beverage, maybe snack. Um, and we miss out on key elements of the show. It's happened time and time again. It's happened plenty of times. Trust me when I tell you, I've seen it. And, uh, and, you know, Sammy, just, just like in commercial, like mistimed commercials. There was a lot of mistimed commercials last night. But the biggest one was Sammy's cue card segment. His cue card promo. You know, he was getting his groove going. He was about to hit something right there. And then immediately they go right to commercial. What the fuck? That could have been a key element of something that we would have wanted to see. It kind of has that WWE feeling, if you think about it. Because they'll go right like to like, start the matchup. Two minutes into it, you know, big move, you know, suicide dive. 
Don't pick any on the outside or whatever. You know, big move on the outside. Then they go to break. Same shit. You know, I'm not necessarily a fan of that. I do like the fact that, you know, AEW started out with a 20-minute matchup. No commercial breaks. None at all. Kept you right engaged with the match. And that's what made that opening match proper. As we went on with the show, they then went picture in picture. We missed some key. Like, you know, we missed it. That, that Sammy Guevara cue card promo was actually working for me. I was reading. I was you know, getting into it and thinking, oh, shit. And then it was with the commercial. I'm just concerned. I, I, I kind of, you know, again, it's a nitpick and I don't care. But seriously, slow it down with the commercials, especially when they have something going on with, you know. And all that stuff. And. I don't know. I really don't know. Those kinds of things, you know, it's, it's, it's just a couple of things, you know, but those were the two biggest ones that I think kind of took away from the show a little bit. The show was damn good. Don't get me wrong. The show was fantastic. And I loved every bit of it. It's just, I don't want to get into the long, you know, just over and over again with the AEW women's division and all this shit. I want to think other things that can, you know. But they make it a glaring issue. It's just apparent. It's just there every single fucking week. Just every single week. You know, they do this shit. I've seen it. I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it a lot on Twitter. With the women's, the, you know, people shitting on the women's division. They make it very, very apparent, you know. They literally put it out there. And state, yeah, our, our women's division kind of sucks. So the thing is, what are you going to do about it? I, again, I, I don't like to repeat myself, but they really, but week after week after week, the AEW, women, they, the, the AEW with their women's division finds ways for me to continue on talking shit about the women's division. Shouldn't be hating on the women's division. Shut up. Sometimes there are things you cannot deny. There are things we cannot deny. Death. Taxes. And AEW's women's division finding a way every single week to make me facepalm at them just a little bit more. Facts are facts. Don't like that? Well, nothing I can do about that. They do it to themselves. Until they start actually getting it correct, I will continue to speak on it until they actually get their heads out of their asses and realize may have to start working on the division, that division as well. Just saying, you know. Now, usually this would be the end of today's episode. But we're not done yet. 
we are far from done without a shadow of a doubt because in the next segment we get back into the love fun of the program you know we get to the you know we get to be happy honky dory talking happiness as we discuss wednesday night's episode of n x t we'll be right back second half of your love-hate super show episode 157 of the young lions perspective now getting into nxt my god my god let's just start off with the single biggest thing that came out of this episode and it didn't involve a match at all NXT somehow made you invest in NXT versus NXT UK at Worlds Collide next Saturday night. The night before the Royal Rumble. Again, the single biggest thing is Worlds Collide right now. I somehow somewhat didn't think a, an, an event like Worlds Collide would actually be want to watch the show. Because last year, last year was kind of a throwaway. For me, I didn't watch Worlds Collide last year. We do know because it came, what came out of it, though, was Velveteen Dream winning the Worlds Collide tournament, getting a shot at any championship he wants, got the North American Championship and one of that dope-ass run going into the summer of last year. But now they have made... NXT versus NXT UK at WWE Worlds Collide. And they have made it just an event that I'm going to be so happy to see. And damn it, there's no You gotta come through for you. You don't come through for me. Just listen to this car. Alright, just listen to the car. DIY versus Mustache Mountain. No? Okay, I'll continue on. The NXT Cruiserweight Championship, Angel Garza versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus the winner between Jordan Devlin and Nagaro versus the winner of Brian K- the Brian Kendrick and Travis Banks. I like that. I like I like to see two of them win, and I know exactly I think what two will win. Okay, oh that doesn't entice you. Alright, uh, what about Finn Balor versus Ilya Dragunov? Yeah. That's a thing in 2020 that we didn't know we wanted until we saw it right in front of us. And that Balor by promo was mwah. Oh. Fantastic. Still not convinced. Alright. Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm for the NXT Women's Championship. 
I like that matchup. It's a matchup we've seen before. But it's been a long while since we've seen Ripley vs. Storm. I'm all for it. Still not convinced. Okay, you you are a you're a fickle one. Then I give you the main event. Imperium versus the Undisputed Era. A matchup that a lot of people I've seen on social media clamor for at Survivor Series. And now we're gonna get it the night before the Royal Rumble. We're gonna get all of that the night before the Royal Rumble. Three, no, literally, I literally see on this card three potential match of the year candidates. And at least out of the five, two will probably end up being at least, maybe three would end up being honorable mention of the year candidates. If you dig NXT, And you're still not convinced on what NXT UK is as a brand? Me amigo, my broski, my mans, my guy. Honestly, this this card's legit. This card is absolutely legit. It's crazy how New Japan already has come out, killed their two-day spectacular. NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool came out a week later, killed it. Now we're about to get Worlds Collide, which literally feels like an NXT TakeOver of NXT and NXT UK, and combining them together as they battle head-to-head. It's going to be so much fun picking that shit. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing, when I do my Royal Rumble preview and predictions, I will be including Worlds Collide. And I can tell you right now, I, shit, I'm calling it right now. This show is going to be much, a million times better than what the Royal Rumble is going to be that week, next weekend. This literally feels like a takeover before Royal Rumble. Okay, we all know Vincent Van full Petty, President, President Petty and shit took away TakeOver Houston, but now we got a standalone TakeOver in Portland. You replace that with Worlds Collide and the momentum that NXT and NXT UK have right now. I don't know if WWE is going to be able to compete with that. This just feels like status quo to me. TakeOver before Royal Rumble has the feel of it they're making it important they're making it damn important and that's what I see as the most important thing from Wednesday night show this was just a regular this is just gonna be a regular old thing but NXT doesn't make it feel that way. They make it they made Worlds Collide feel like the one of the most important shows they're gonna do early on in their year. I'm invested in seeing what Worlds Collide is gonna be like. Seeing Imperium Undisputed Era. That's a dream match to most people. 
DIY Mustache Mountain? That's a dream match for most people, including myself. Finn Balor, Iller, Ilya Dragunov? I wouldn't say dream matches. I've never seen, you know, Dragunov as much as I've seen Balor. But this is a matchup I'm intrigued in seeing. For real, for real. And then Ripley Storm, number four. I'm all for it. Then see the Cruiserweights go at it. It's just, just going to be a, you know, involved with two NXT guys and two NXT UK guys. Hoping for Jordan Devlin and Travis Banks. And this is just, and this should just be a damn good time. This is just being an event. This is an event that, at first glance, looks, seriously looks better than the Rumble. And if you do pick up the uh, television going on, I have to try to get that like four. Just watching old uh, 90, what was it, 97 NSU Championship between uh, Packers and Niners. Yeah. It was on. Just put it on there. Little, little background noise for yourself. Don't mind me. The Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. You know, I love the fact that they have different I, I, I would say this is more of a themed type deal in terms of the tournament. But look at past winners. Undisputed Era, AOP, from Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, Alistair Black, Ricochet. Damn good winners. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe's victory in the tournament then led to an NXT Championship feud. One of which I was fucking enjoyed when Balor and Joe were in NXT. I was all for it. Oh my god. That was a great feud. Undisputed Error winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Turned into Roddy Strong becoming the fourth member by turning on Pete Dunne. I believe AOP's was the one where they faced TM61 with uh, Paul Ellering in a Shark Tank which is pretty damn dope. And then Alistair Black and Ricochet defeating the Forgotten Sons on NXT, which led to their last match on uh, TakeOver New York for the NXT Tag Team Championship against War Machine. That was a fucking beast of an event. That was just a beast of a match. Great match. A wonderful match that I, I, I cannot forget. And now we get the NXT guys versus the NXT UK guys and they put on some fantastic matches this week for the first round they ended the first round in proper fashion I was thoroughly happy and impressed with the way they've been doing this tournament with the way they've been going about this tournament this has just been fun to watch Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster of course you know they came, when they came out you know little fanfare but by the end of that match got good fanfare I mean we had Kushida and Alex Shelley the time splitters 
And I love the fact that, because the, the thing about lead announcers is that they not only are telling a story in the brain, they are telling the, tell the characters back, the guy's background, the team's background. I love the fact that they brought up their being two-time two time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champions. I love the fact that they actually were, are, are, you know, NXT is able to, you know, speak on their background and help and have the, the casual viewer at home understand who they are. Why are they reuniting? Who were they before? It gets you interested in the team. How the fuck WWE doesn't do that is far beyond my train of thought. I just can't seem to think about how they just they just do this so well. The ma- and the two matches that they had for this particular this particular half of it. I mean the team of Riddle and Dunn. I mean that that was whoever thought of that one that was genius. That is a genius tag team. The Broserweights? Yeah, I could be all for that. Pete Dunn's pretty much NXT anyway. Riddle and Dunn could do some tag team damage. I think the biggest thing that really has started to come out of this, and I knew that they would, because this usually is a tournament where I think I'm trying to think of what when they did this again. When this I think it was either. 2017 to 2018. They had their Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic and it kind of helped the renaissance of the division at the time. Because this is around the same time that they were they were having to replenish tag teams. One time, into, you know, this one time in particular, this kind of definitely helped rejuvenate the tag team division and brought it back to prominence. And we had that nice two-year run. If it was, it was 2017, if it was 2018, it was a nice solid year and a half run. Something around those times, but this this can definitely help NXT's tag team division. It can, you know, because now because you didn't Shelly from pretty much what I've read after I watched NXT uh, last night. You know, this isn't the last time we're going to be seeing Alex Shelley Kushida as a team. This wasn't a one-off. And I think they need this. A team like Kushida and Alex Shelley can really the time splitters. Hell yeah! They and they and they put on a fantastic match against the Grizzly Young Veterans. And I'll discuss that more in the in the next segment as to why this kind of really kind of maybe feels some type of way a little bit. I don't know why, but anyway, well, this is happy time. We discuss happy things. We move on. This man about to kick a football barefoot. Okay, bro. Anyway. <laughs> this, like I said, it helps rejuvenate the vision. We have a team now in Kushida and Alex Shelley that can be that babyface tag team. If they want to do Riddle and Dunn for a little bit just to have a little funsies, why not? Hopefully someday, I hope, Mustache Mountain comes to NXT. They, I, would, I think they would have a grand old time, you know, running roughshod in that division. 
DIY every once a, DIY every once in a while. Why not? I mean, I'm not. I know they're not a full time tag team. But we're trying to think of full teams here. I mean, you have the Forgotten Sons. Rizango when Fandango comes back from his Tommy John. But this this can definitely help the tag team division. That's that's. I mean, granted, the, the tag matches were fucking fan fucking fantastic. They, they were just great, and I know you most nine times out of ten. When it comes to the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic, I am not going to just not you know not watch that shit. I am all for just seeing how now their tag team division develops after the tournament. As you now and now looking into the semifinals, Imperium versus Dunn and Riddle, and then you have Grizzly Young Veterans versus Undisputed Era. Now we're gonna get dank ass tag team matches now from this semifinals because not because yeah it's about to get fucking real. Imperium was a stable that went after British Strong Style, so I know Dunn's gonna feel some type of way going into this matchup against Ikeer and Bartel. Riddle is just the bro. He's gonna do his thing. And this also helps NXT UK. Very simple. Exposure to the American team, the American product. American team. Either way. But we get to see Imperium, and we get to see Grizzly Young Veterans, and we get to see Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. This this tournament, yeah. I mean, this is you know one of those things where you can bring makeshift tag teams into it. And you can bring certified tag teams over from your sister brand across the pond, and you can have a dank ass tournament. You can have a really good tournament. And so far, I've thoroughly been impressed with what they brought to the table. It makes me happy knowing tag team division in NXT maybe can start to, you know, take shape. Start creating, you know, your ladder. Because Undisputed Area is not going to be there forever. At some point, Vince McMahon is going to be like, yeah, I want that. And this can help. This can really, really help. Keith Lee. Oh, boy. Is he ready for a championship title run or championship run or what? He's talking like he's ready. Fans are pretty much loving him. Keith Lee Roderick Strong next week is going to be a very, very, very fun matchup. I'm going to have so much fun watching this because these two have been favorites of mine for quite some time. I, I honestly really cannot wait for this. I mean, with Keith Lee, he has definitely since Survivor Series weekend, his stock has been rising big time 
as Mel Kuyper usually says it, he has plenty, he has huge upside. Huge upside for this man in 2020. The title run would definitely solidify him as a household name in the next two. I stand firmly behind that statement. Because it's going to get to a point where the prophecy pretty much goes bye-bye. Why not Keith Lee be the first crack in that arm? If you want to have the rematch to take over Portland, by all means, be my guest. But I think we're ready for a Keith Lee title. Will it happen at Portland? No, not happen. Yeah, will it happen next week? I don't know. It could. It might. It's possible. Or maybe they just have Rowdy win by shenanigans and they do it again at Portland. Again, I will be upset not having to see it twice. Because the rematch actually feels important with storyline behind it, not just we do this every single fucking week because we really have nothing else better for these motherfuckers to do. Vince. Either way, Keith Lee has been on his fucking job. And I love the fact that Keith Lee has been on his job. They see Keith Lee as a hot commodity for 2020. And I say, a while back, he's someone you have to watch out for. He is one to watch in 2020. I got the proof. Check out my old shit. Check out my old shit. I've been really behind Keith Lee. Probably for the most part since like the second half of 2020. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I'm done. I'm done here. I'm just going to end the segment right here. Not me. It's the second half of 2019. Thoughts are hard sometimes. But Keith Lee has been a name that a lot of people have known about. And we've now seen what this man can do and what he is capable of. He went toe-to-toe with Roman. And usually I would shit on Roman in this case, but no, these two actually went back and forth. And they let these two go and beat the shit out of each other. Yes, Roman took the victory for the team, but Keith Lee much to the very happiness of yours truly, pretty much handled his fucking business and did what he needed to do. I have been very happy with what they've been doing with Keith Lee and NXT. I can't wait to see if they give him the opportunity to run with the North American Championship. He's going to be something special in 2020. He really is. I think he's going to be a very fantastic piece to the mid-card. Upper mid-card. He's already proved it. So why not give him the run? as a champion. Now we get to see Isaiah Swerve Scott get his shine. I like the decisions. 
it does. And I love the fact that they're using Tyler Breeze too, even though Fandango is out and not being able to run with Tyler. They're giving him some run. And I, I appreciate them actually putting on... I really like seeing, you know, now we're getting to see new shit. We're getting to see new talent. We're going to see Swerve Scott now start to uh, step up and make a name for himself. I'm all for it. I, I'm very high on Scott. I really am. Wish they would let him out come out to the Shaka Khan, though. <sighs> Alas, we can't use that because it's kind of like YouTube. Copyrighted music. You know. Clearance, all that. You know. The usual shit. The usual pomp and circumstance. This Cruiserweight Championship match is going to be very fun to watch. And if we're going to be getting... Garza, Scott, possibly Devlin, possibly Banks. We're in for a fucking treat. A very nice plate of food that we are about to be served the night before the Royal Rumble. Ever since they've stepped on the NXT grounds, the Cruiserweight division has jumped over everything they've done on the main roster leaps and bounds without question done dirty for two years done fucking dirty on the main roster it was disgusting so just watch all that it was it was appalling I felt some type of way about that they have 205 live no one cared then they went to NXT. I, I was up to that point saying it for a while. You know, bring the Cruiserweights over to NXT. You're doing nothing with them on the main roster, so why not? They go to NXT. And look at the result. I mean, oh man. It, it, it's night and day what you've seen with the Cruiserweight division on the main roster as opposed to on NXT. They make it fucking matter. How beautiful is that? You made an entire division matter. Why? Because they put enough time and effort to make you invest in the division and make you give enough of a fuck about the division. Because I give a fuck about the cruiserweights. I mean, I love the cruiserweights. Come on. So now, a week before Worlds Collide, we're going to see the prospects of a very, very kick ass cruiserweight title match. And I, I, for one, am all ready to see. I'm ready to see what the display is going to be. I'm ready to see what they bring to the table. I'm just ready for it. Just give, just give me some of this cruiserweight stuff and just, just keep it coming. I'll let you know when to stop. The Women's Battle Royal will end out this segment of the program. Now... And, and, and by the way, I'm going to say shout out to my boy Malik. You son of a bitch. 
Casey Cannons are returning, sir. That was that was just a random flex. Just a random flex. You know, NXT was just like, all right, yeah, Casey's been out for a while with injury. We heard she was released. Apparently, she's not. Now that she's been back in NXT. She got out pretty fucking quick, so she, yeah, Shirai got her out. Actually, that was a bit later in the match. Huh. You know, seeing Shotzi, Blackheart, and Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez is gonna get some. Yo, Mercedes Martinez is gonna be so. Is gonna be fucking developing on the on the NXT roster in 20, 2020. I mean, yeah, she's about to put like hit forty. But she's still killing it like it's nothing. I mean, granted, Shayna Baszler was, I think, like, what, 38? And I love the fact that they included her in the Battle Royal, by the way. That was just a smart move. Fantastic. Love the fact that they had Shotzi eliminate Shayna. Fantastic. But I do know that given that Bianca Belair was the one to take the spot in this matchup and win the Battle Royal and become the number one contender, I didn't watch the YouTube video, but I did see a certain thing, you know, her going up to the main roster. Now, I for one, I'm looking at it right now, I looked it up on Google. Five NXT wrestlers who will go to the main roster in 2020. You know, WWE, we've been ready for a major WWE move. I mean, don't get me wrong now. If this is the case, and I'm only just speculating at this point because we really don't know what is going to happen. And WWE made our stars upset at the first Survivor Series. No one cared. Um, <laughs> seeing Bianca Belair get the shot, I'm not mad at it. Not at all. Again, do I think this is going to involve Bianca Belair possibly losing and then going up to the main roster? I don't know. None of us do. Not exactly sure, but I do like the fact that they actually had gave, given Bianca Bianca the call, and pretty much know she's up next. The interaction they had the week before made sense, and this is actually a really interesting matchup with Ripley and Belair. I'm all for it. I mean, let, I mean, if you're gonna do it at uh, Takeover Portland, let's fucking go. Pretty much just it makes it an easy call for Storm to lose to Ripley. But still, Ripley Storm's gonna be a dope ass match. Seeing all the ladies out there last night that were that are technically like main, not all necessarily TV, but a good portion of them. It was nice to see. The Dakota, the Dakota Kai spot where she took out Tegan Knox. 
if that isn't at if that doesn't go down at Portland, I swear on everything. It's the right time. It's the right time for Knox and Kai to get it on Portland. This is going to, I mean, they've really still, you know, kept to fantastic things with the division. They've done quite well with the division. And just gotten better and better and better. And their storylines have gotten better and better and better. Now we got, you know, Ricky Belair. As long as, you know, Ricky gets past Storm. Kai Knox. Shayna now pretty much going to be waiting in the wings until Tampa. Keep her busy though. You know, you still got Shirai, Larray. All going for the shot. This is going to be a very interesting 2020 for the division. 2019, I'd say it was a banner year for the division as a whole. I really do think that. The growth we have seen in this division has it is exponentially fantastic infinitely better than where they were prior I would have loved to have them have Lacey Evans in there but the call, her, call, her call was just fucking bullshit now all of a sudden she's getting run but she could have developed a lot much 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 more in NXT than she would have on the main roster for the first like 6-7 months of her WWE main roster run that's facts hard to dispute this division is about to really pick up some steam this year this division is built to actually be able to have certain certain pieces be gone and new pieces come in and it still flows it still goes it's still you know just going on rhythm like it was nothing on beat through the entire time it's fantastic to see fantastic to see and I, I, I hope to see more of this growth in 2020 for the division because you have a lot of pieces that you can play with from Jirai, Larray, Belair, Ripley Storm, if you like to get her in on some things. Knox, Kai, Martinez, Blackheart, Chelsea Green, Diana Barrazzo, Santana Garrett, you can start bringing, uh, bringing her into the fold a lot more. Vanessa Bourne, Aaliyah, I can go on and on. And still waiting in the wings, you still have Rachel Evers. Brandon Gonzalez. No Caden Carter, MJ Jenkins. They, they got some talent in the PC. They, they've been doing some, they've been making some moves with the ladies in the PC. And they're only going to get more. And, and it's only going to, you know, continue to go. I, I'm just, I'm just really, really pleased with how they've just, you know, just kept it moving. And just made it so, so easy to just, you know, bring in new talent and 
now we're seeing more growth and more, you know, this is an actual true evolution. Forget what you heard about, you know, the women's revolution. That, that pretty much, that statement pretty much went bye-bye about like nine months ago. That, that whole movement. So, I mean, hey, I'm not even going to get ready to Dara Kanchi, Isaiah Lee. They have, they have some depth, a whole lot of depth for that division, and it's only going to get that much better. It's only going to get that much better in 2020, and I can't wait to see what they do. I can't wait to see what happens with this division. And that's how we're, that's how we're gonna end this segment. We're gonna end it on a high note. So, we got one minute to go, and we're gonna talk about some things. I mean, not everything was fantastic. I mean, there's a couple things, and it's courts nitpicks, because I'm petty and I don't care. There's a couple things we do need to talk about, and it's not much. Just a little something, something. A little something. To go on with and we'll talk about that after this quick break stay tuned and we are back final segment of episode 157 of the Young Lions Perspective. And there are a couple things I wanted to talk about. Not too long. Just going to keep it short and sweet on this one. As much as I did enjoy the two first round matches to end out in the first round. The one thing I really was kind of like... Oh, they're going this way. What if, you know, seeing Kushida and Alex Shelley lose in their debut matchup, and NXT kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Especially when it was, you know, Shelley's and Kushida's first time teaming together in, like, years. It would have, I, I, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I, I would have liked to see Shelley and Kushida get the victory over the Grizzly Young Veterans. Now, if they're keeping up with NXT, NXT UK theme, going into the semifinals, I understand that. But I would have really liked to see Kushida and Alex Shelley get a victory on Wednesday night. I really would have. You know, given the fact that they are going to continue competing as a team, you know, it does give me hopes. They're going to be doing something very fantastic with these two going forward. It would have though been nice upon their debut to see actually, you know, see them get a victory. You know, Grizzly Young Veterans, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I don't mind, you know, Grizzly Young Veterans getting victory. 
but I really would have enjoyed seeing Shelly and Kushida move on to the semifinals and give us a preview of what possibly could be between Shelly and Kushida and Undisputed Era. I thought that would have been a really nice, you know, just to see how, what it would, what it could possibly be with these two teams against each other in the second round. Lots of new BCAAs. Got them all in there. Tastes like an old Palmer. It's very nice. I don't know. Just, just something when I saw. I would have just loved to see, you know, them get the victory. I don't know. It's just a little bit. It's a little nitpick. But, you know, it just, it, I mean, I don't know why. It, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, they'll start racking up some wins. Maybe Gunner and NXT, you know, tag team title match at Portland, maybe at Tampa. Build them up a bit. I don't know. I, I just feel for some reason that she didn't and Shelly getting the victory would have been nice. But I think, you know, Given what they're trying to do with you know NXT, NXT UK, having you know NXT, two U NXT UK teams and two NXT teams, I guess to keep it balanced, so be it. I don't know. I don't know. Now, see, now looking at uh, Mitchell's uh, final thoughts on this episode. And we'll, we'll end this episode on a high. Hopefully, try to you know see it on a high note. He was discussing the women's battle royal, and I'll start from there. Quote: The women's battle royal had a lot of great surprises, and it was smart and kayfabe and shoot for Chelsea to stay out. Chelsea's in-ring debut for NXT should be a one v one match, not a battle royal. Casey making a return when it sounded like she was done was great, and then Shayna returning should have been obvious, since she wouldn't want to just give up getting the title back before even trying. But it was pretty great for them to have Shotzi go possum route and come back out of nowhere. But with Rhea being a face and even Tony being enough of a face, a heel was of course winning. Shayna would have been too easy, but I'm not really sure why it was Bianca. Worlds Collide will give us a great rematch of Rhea versus Tony, but I don't see a title change when Rhea just got that. Bianca should have had her time during Shayna's reign, but apparently that wasn't it. I don't see this being it either. Now, maybe if it was Shirai, that would be cool. And also, it'd be a sign that WWE wants to keep Shirai, given how she's upset not being able to spend time with her real-life fiancé and huge fans evil. Unless this is also a sign that Shirai is moving to Raw or SmackDown to get some bigger paychecks. I still would have given Shirai both. A title shot at Portland, maybe she wins, maybe she doesn't. And in the case of the latter, she then shifts over to Raw or SmackDown to get a title there. It's rather odd thinking that Raw or SmackDown so desperately need more women to spark their title scenes while NXT is just so jam-packed. Now you're probably wondering, why the fuck is this in the hate portion of the program? I hate knowing. Yeah, my dog's over here just... But I hate the fact how you have 
literally a jam-packed division in NXT. That it's just so full of talent. And great matches and great matchups and building new characters and all that good shit. And somehow, somehow, some way, believing that once they leave NXT, they are just going to fall flat. Now, again, it goes back to, you know, what are they going to do for 2020 in terms of who's going to come up to the main roster? Now, if Bianca's the one to go up, I would honestly say she's ready. If it's, if this is supposedly, possibly her swan song, I don't want to try to speculate or anything like that. If that is the case, then hopefully they send off Bianca in a proper manner. And like you said, it's rather odd thinking that Raw or SmackDown so desperately need more women to spark their title scenes while NXT is just so jammed. And that's what I hate. I hate that somehow they're still outshining main roster women when it should be the other way around. When they go up to Raw or SmackDown, they should just be it should just be magnified even more. The division should be even better because of the new blood that's taking over and running roughshod on the veterans. You know what I mean? And I hate that, you know, thinking whenever Shayna goes up, whenever Bianca goes up, whenever EO goes up, if that's the case, I worry about that. I hate that I have to worry about that. Because hell, I've, hell, I've been seeing for the last year or so, Shayna Baszler was coming up. That wasn't the case. It's still difficult thinking that, you know, knowing that NXT is just killing it. And WWE's ladies are just, just nah. Don't even hit, right? Don't even, it doesn't even hit different. It just doesn't hit. It doesn't, I can't seem to think for the life of me how when NXT's ladies are just absolutely destroying the game and the main roster women are just non-existent. And the possibility of this crop of ladies moving up scares the ever-loving shit out of me. It actually makes me fear things. I fear certain things. Not being able to eat cookies. Going on diet. Push-ups. Actually, no, I like push-ups. They're actually nice. A satisfying beer. After not drinking for a couple months. Buffalo wings. A good nap. Actually, I don't fear a good nap. I'm kidding. I don't fear buffalo wings. I'm just rambling on things I like. Anyway, that's that's a big fear of mine. Seeing talent you know that is worthy of kicking ass and taking names and then going up 
and seeing them just be nothing of what they were before. It's worrisome. As a professional wrestling fan, that's how it goes with NXT. The show will go on. It's just we know, for the most part, they don't do right by the NXT talent. That's why I like I would have liked to see just you know NXT be a standalone brand and just develop on their own and develop into this juggernaut that WWE cannot handle. They know it. I know it. You know it. My dog knows it. Even my mother knows it. I hate seeing all the speculation about, you know, certain people coming up. I don't want to see Bianca go up. I don't. I don't want to see Io, Rhea, Shayna, Candice. I don't want to see any of them go up. I just hate the fact that they have to go up. Except if you're the boss champ, and you pretty much couldn't give a fuck less about going to Raw or SmackDown until just retire. We've heard it before that, you know, going up is a demotion. And it is. I hope in 2020, I know there's going to be a couple of names that are going to be going to the entrance. And I'm thinking Sheena's going to be one of them, and I'm thinking Bianca's going to be one of them. Maybe EO, I don't know. But at least those two, in my mind, those are two names that I'm really looking at to move up to the main roster and make some fucking noise. Unfortunately, and you've seen it for yourself just as much as I have, that that usually isn't the case. And when we see it for ourselves, that ain't it, Chief. That ain't it. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to round out episode 157, the Love Hate Super Show. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Hope you enjoyed what I brought to the table this episode. We're going to take our last final break. Very short, but the usual interlude music going into the closing segment of the show. And as you know, we're going to, you know, finish this off in proper YLP fashion. In case you're prepared for episode 158, the final chapter of the Young Lions perspective as we move into the war realm further and further. Stay tuned. Of course, you'll know we'll be picking our AFC NFC Championship games as well in my usual speech before you guys go out for the weekend. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 157 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for coming out of your day, your night, your afternoon, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for coming out of this episode of the podcast. And as always, appreciate it if you enjoyed this episode. Of course. Do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the government. Share this episode across all your social media, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks, all that good funky shit. And of course, y'all know, I'm going to be doing preview predictions next week for Wolf Collide and Royal Rumble. 
We're bringing back the news of the weekend. At least for one week. This coming Monday. I'll discuss that more as we get on with it. Of course, you get to get it. You get to get the ugly that was the Royal Bumble. You get to get the ugly that was the WWE. And NXT, 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 but if you don't have to have the anchor app, you can still find this podcast and this episode. And of course, the other 156 episodes of the online Seven episodes of the Outside the World podcast and six episodes of the Outside the platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, Castbox FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify banger. Search for your lines across all these platforms. You should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on, Young Lions perspective. I'm doing my tweets, memes, 60 second videos. I'm gonna be bringing those back pretty soon. If I see something going on the next couple of weeks, WWE for that shit, pissing you off, going down. That'll be on my Instagram. All that fun stuff. If you wanna follow me over my Twitter, it is of course my handle at Swade Senator War. That's S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for SmackDown Live, because Raw is trash. And, start, and honestly, SmackDown Live is, is getting on my damn nerves. Hopefully this week can bounce back into this episode. If you don't, there's going to be some problems from yours too. Five tweets on SmackDown. Boom cheese from now until the world rumble. But of course, I do like them for every single Live pay every NXT and NXT UK takeover and every WWE live pay per view. We're exceptional. And we're exceptional. If I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning, that's nothing else but for us. I do live stream for NJPW Root Pain for wrestling as well. It's rare. But if you sleep when it happens, it's going to happen. Because it's weird about it. About that shit. It's rare, but it happens. <laughs> if you want to follow me over, over on my Instagram, dog, on big some other shit that is the YLP universe, you can follow me over there at Young underscore Lions. Of course, this is like a video of the men's. I can't wait to see the really big memes. I'm waiting for the World Rumble to actually see what the memes are going to be. How crazy they're going to get. Maybe Wilkes the Live will get some too. I'm just waiting for the World Rumble to see if they got some crazy memes that pop up. It's going to be crazy. I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to have some stupid shit go down to the World Rumble. But the memes, when they do, I guarantee they will be up on my Instagram. Fail. Just to make sure I filled off all my obligations and all that good stuff. I didn't. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I completely forgot, I got, forgot about this. Of course, if you had any thoughts, feedback, ideas for shows, or if you just really want to talk shit, I'm all for it. Do not just keep it going over to anchor.fm.com. You have a voice message or you can also go on anchor.fm slash WrestleMania myself and the rest of the war gang with a voice message. And if I like it enough, I'll have no problem featuring it on future episodes of the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. So guys, episode 158, the final legitimate episode of the YLP podcast on my own page. I said this last week and I'm going to say it again just to get it in your heads for when you come get into Monday. Monday, episode 158, News of the Weekend, will be my last full episode on the Young my Young Lions Perspective page. It's not going to go it's not going to go away. It's going to stay there for all eternity. It's mine. Mine's is all right. Mine forever. Ever, forever, ever, 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 forever, ever. That will never go away. After Monday, I will legitimately be full time on Wrestle Attic Radio. So come with me on this lovable journey. And of course, what better way to cap off episode 158 than with news of the weekend? It's been a long while. I'd say about what, three weeks since we've done news of the weekend? Actually, no, because I did... Actually, no, four. Because I did my honorable mentions and matches of the year on the last full week of the decade. So, yeah, it's been it's been a while. So, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that I'm going to be able to talk about some news, you know, stuff that happened over the weekend, get into some discussions. Because, trust me, there's been a lot of news coming out, and I've kind of been biding my time to actually talk about it, seeing what, you know, see if there's any more receipts coming through. Because, you know, yes, the news is out there, but we don't want to jump to conclusions too quick. We want I, I like to play it out and see what happens. So episode 158 will be coming your way, of course, this Monday evening. Not only the news of the week, but the final legitimate episode of the YLP podcast on the Young Lions perspective page. And it is, of course, something that I've come to terms with and I am happy with. Moving on to this next chapter of the journey that is the YLP universe. So, Monday, episode 158 of the Young Lions Perspective will be coming your way. Now we get into the fun shit. That was a little bit of a downer, but I got I had to keep it I got to keep it real with you guys. I keep it honest with y'all 100%. Not even mad. Now we get into the fun stuff and let's end this, you know, this end this episode going into the week and kick off your weekend properly. Let's pick the AFC and the NFC Championship matchups. The AFC Championship, of course, kicks off the Sunday docket. And the surprise team of the Tennessee Titans are going into enemy territory. That is Kansas City. With a shot at the Super Bowl on the line. The chance to play in Miami, the 305. Who do I think will represent the AFC? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I expect a high-scoring matchup. I really do. These these two teams, especially on Tennessee's part, have Tennessee's been battle-tested. 
have gone through the gauntlet. And my buddy Jay, who's a huge Titans fan, told me this beautiful fucking stat. And it was a glorious stat. In these last four weeks, they have played the top four seeds in the AFC. They played the Houston Texans in week 17. Went into New England and beat New England. Then played Baltimore in Baltimore and beat Baltimore. Now, that would basically be literally Houston being the number four seed. New England being the three. Baltimore now, actually no, Baltimore was the one. But yeah, they played the, they literally played in the last four weeks and now including this week, the top four seeds in the AFC. That, my friends, is battle tested. And earlier in the year, Tennessee beat KC and beat them 35 to 32, including a blocked field goal. Your X factor in this game is none other than Derrick Henry. Denrick Harry, Denrick, Denrick, really? Derrick Henry is the true X Factor in this matchup. And but but the thing is with me, you can you have Henry, you have AJ Brown, you got Tannehill, who's been lights out since the playoffs started, been lights out pretty much for the second half of the season since they benched Mariota. And y'all know. Y'all know it's, it's going to be a it's going to be a shootout, but I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs to w- win the American Football Conference Championship and move on to the Super Bowl by the final score of 30 to 26. Moving on over to the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers. Ugh. Oh god. Just makes me vomit seeing that they're go by the chance to go to anyway. They take on, of course, being the number one seed, they get the home game against the number two team in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers. This is all this is Jimmy G's first NFC championship game for him. And he's been decent. He's been holding his own in the playoffs, of course. The the beatdown of Minnesota the week prior showed me that, yeah. You know what? When it comes down to it, they can they can handle handle business at the crib. But the Packers are different. This is a different team. This is a different matchup. This is a big matchup. This is something something that both teams have to prove. And this is why the NFC is the best conference in the NFL, hands down. Don't even at me. It's true. I think both of these teams are going to give it everything, and I think it's going to be low more. I think it's going to be a very low score. A lower score than I think a lot of people think. Some are saying this is going to be a shootout. Some are saying this is going to be crazy. Me personally, I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of the experts think. Taking a taking a line from Lee Corso real quick. I'm expect. I really would like to see the Packers win. And be and you know give me that old school feel you know. Kansas City, Green Bay, the old school shit. And it would be an interesting matchup to see Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Same time, it would be an interesting matchup to see Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. 
it's a, it's a, it's been a really tough call for me to think about all week. And I do think about these matchups all week. Just trying to see like what could be the X factor. The X factor in this game is Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy G has a bad day at the office, it, I mean, it could be a long day for the uh, San Francisco offense. And that defense that Green Bay has, after seeing it myself from, you know, watching the Seattle lose. Huh. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> seeing that, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers to defeat the Green Bay Packers and move on to the Super Bowl. I ain't going to like it, but I know they're, they're right now the best team in the NFC bar none. I think they're going to prove it on Sunday. I think Jimmy G's going to have a better game than a lot of people think. By the final score of 21 to 17. I think it's going to be a lot lower. And it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. And I'm already 13 minutes in, so I'm going to cut it up here. Usually I would give you guys, you know, the spiel about the weekend. But I think you already know enough. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Be responsible. Be safe. Don't do anything crazy. Drink one for me, and please do take that Uber or Lyft if you're going to take that ride home. DUI, you already know that good shit. And yeah, that'll be, that'll do it for episode 157 of the podcast, and I'll see you right back here on Monday for episode 158, the final episode of the YLP podcast on the YLP anchor page. Till then, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll see you Monday for episode 158 of the Young Lions Perspective. See you!